Thank you, Londa has found a way to make me go short. I've got about half battery, so that's what I got. Um, let me get set up here. As we, as we move into this matter of the secret place, we've talked about the secret place, the quiet place, uh, ever since I've been here. And uh, we're going to go through it again, maybe from a little different perspective. And so I want to encourage you to be sure and have your ears on as we do this. But as we move into the matter of the secret place, I want to remind you that this relationship with the Holy Spirit is a dance. Okay? It's a dance. There are lessons to be learned, but it's not a classroom with lectures and grades. There certainly be healing of the wounds of our soul, but it'll not be a counseling session. And I want to just read some things. Some of these things I heard and I wrote down. Some of these things I found in other places. And I don't remember where, so I can't give them credit, but I can at least tell you it wasn't my idea, okay? So it's not plagiarism. And I just want to read these to you. And that's what I have to share this morning is just what I want to read here. I want to remind you that this relationship with the Holy Spirit is a dance. It is an invitation from the leader of the universe. It is an invitation for us, extended to us from the leader of the universe to partner with him in this dance floor that we call life. And that includes every area of our life. Leading and following is the secret to getting two partners dancing smoothly together. Let me read that again. Leading and following is the secret to getting two partners dancing smoothly together. It is simply impossible for two people dancing in close contact to move seamlessly if each person is making their own decision, choosing their own timing, and doing their own steps independently. They must coordinate their own moves perfectly. And the only way to achieve that is for one person to direct the moves and the other person to follow. Okay? As we say, talk about this relationship with the Holy Spirit, and this is a dance. This is the picture. In order for this to go well for both individuals, there can't be two independent thoughts. There must be one leader and there must be one follower. 
In social dancing, as opposed to competitive dancing, in social dancing, there is no set routine. The dancers improvise their steps according to the music being played. Obviously, if both partners try to do that, it would be a recipe for chaos. So it makes sense to appoint one person to decide what the steps will be and the other person will follow. This is lead and follow. Here's the question. Have you appointed a leader? Have you decided who's going to be the leader of your dance? Because all of life can be compared to a dance. Whether we're dancing with the Holy Spirit or whether we're dancing with the world. For many people, we have appointed the world as the leader. We take our cues from it. How to dress, how to talk, what to watch, what to listen to. They initiate, we respond. We've appointed a leader. In order to dance with the Holy Spirit, I have to determine, is he going to be the leader? Am I going to let him be the leader of my life? Leading means using just enough pressure to communicate a signal. Now listen to that. Leading means just enough pressure to communicate a signal but not so much that you're pushing your partner around. Now, bear that in mind in our relationship with the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we're wanting the Holy Spirit to just yell. We want him to just scream, get my attention. We even go so far and we pray things like this. God, make me stop sinning. Here's the problem with that. We chose to sin. And the only way we'll experience victory is if we choose to follow the Holy Spirit in our life. He's not going to put a lot of pressure. It may be a whisper. It may be a gentle nudge. It may be a soft prompt. And only as we're connected to him as the leader will there be a response on our part to follow what he leads us to do. If you're following correctly... You won't take a step until your partner tells you to do so. What am I supposed to do? If I don't know what to do, I don't do anything. If I haven't, if the signal hasn't been communicated, I don't make something up on my own. Well, I'll just go do this. If you're following correctly, you won't take a step until your partner tells you to do so. If he doesn't give you the signal, you do nothing. If he gives you the wrong signal, according to what you had in mind, you follow the signal anyway. Every time. 
And that's difficult because we all go into the dance with a preconception. This is what it's going to look like. Oh, this is going to happen, and this is going to take place. And we have a prompt, a sense from the Holy Spirit to take another way. Well, I don't know about that. I'm not sure about that. I don't think I want to do that. Let me weigh that out and see the pros and the cons and the pluses and the minuses. There must be that confidence that every way he leads us, even whenever it's not our way, we're willing to follow. That makes for a smooth dance. Obviously, the person who should lead is the person who can see where they're going. That would make sense. Blindfold two dancers and look at the outcome. It just makes sense that the one who can see the whole floor, the one who can see the whole picture, should be the one who leads. And no matter how intelligent we are, no matter how much information we can gather, we have this tendency to always see life through the tunnel. And the thing that we look for in this tunnel is, how is it going to affect me? What's going to bring the most comfort and the least pain? And if it's not within my tunnel, I'm going to avoid it. Even whenever the Holy Spirit says, get out of your tunnel. Let's go somewhere where you're not so comfortable in. My heart must have the posture, I'm willing to go there. The most difficult thing to master in ballroom dance, salsa, tango, swing, or Latin, or any other kind of partner dancing is not the step. The most difficult thing to master is not the step. The most difficult thing to master is the interaction with the partner. You can know all the steps, but still have a mind of your own and it not be a harmonious dance. It's not mastering the steps that's important. For so long, the church has mastered, has emphasized the steps and neglected the interaction with the partner. We know the steps. What are the steps to the Christian life? Read your Bible, pray, go to church, go this, do that. Don't do this, don't do that. Those are the steps. We're still not dancing because we fail to emphasize the relationship with the Holy Spirit and developing that interaction with him. Me just doing steps on my own is not dancing. It's ugly. You want, you want to see? I mean, it's just not pretty. Me just doing the steps, me just doing biblical steps is not Christianity. Christianity is a partnership with the leader of the world, of the universe, and responding to him. That's what the Christian life is all about. And I can know all the steps. I can dot all the I's and cross all the T's. But the question is, am I doing it simply because it's a step, or am I doing it in response to my relationship with the leader? 
The secret place is where we cultivate interaction with the partner. The secret place is where we cultivate that interaction so that whenever he tells us to take a step, we respond because of that and not because we just think it's something to do. I want to read something to you. This is out of Isaiah. We quoted this verse, I think, last week or week before last, talking about the issue of passion being a, an issue of the heart. And we, Jesus, you know, psalmist says, search me, O God, and know my heart, and uh, create in me a pure heart. And he said to the Pharisees, you honor me with your mouth, but your, uh, your lips, but your heart is far from me. That was a quote out of Isaiah. And God is t- talking here to Jerusalem. And he says to Jerusalem, there's a little bit more to that verse that I think is very, very relevant when it comes to the matter of whether or not we are dancing or whether or not we're just going through the steps. Here's what he says. Because this people draw near with their words and honor me with their lip service, but they remove their hearts far from me, And their reverence for me consists of tradition learned by rote. Their their reverence for him, their relationship with God, it it consists of just doing the stuff by memory, doing the stuff by tradition, doing the stuff because it's what we've always done, doing the stuff because it's expected of us to do it, doing the stuff because that's what you do if you're a good Christian. We can even do that with trying to find the secret place. Well, he said, I got to do it. I'm going to go do it and chalk that off the list and be done with that. Do I do those things out of a passion for the Lord and a longing to know him and out of a response from his prompting, or am I just doing it to check it off the list? Am I doing it because it's tradition? Passion will make the distinction. If there's passion, why do you read your word? Because the Lord speaks to me through the word. Why do you have a quiet time? Because that's where he's at, and I get to know him best in there. Why do you share the gospel? Because I can't do anything but share good news with people in my relationship with him. See, the distinction between doing it out of passion and doing it out of just rote, doing it out of obligation, doing it because we think we have to in order to be a good Christian. Time and again, I see this phrase when it comes to learning to dance. I've seen it in several places, and I'm going to quote. It says, lean back against his arm and hold firmly to his hand. That's the instructions to the follower. Lean back against his arm and hold firmly to his hand. If I don't know the leader, if I don't know him very well, if I haven't cultivated relationship with him, I will have trouble trusting his arm and I will be reticent to lean back against it. And yet Romans tells us we dance by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. 
But if I don't have that confidence in him, if that time with him has not been cultivated in the secret place, deliberately, intentionally with him, when he prompts to lead me somewhere that I'm uncomfortable with, I'm going to question, have you got me? I don't know if you've got me. Are you going to embarrass me? Are you, am I going to be okay? I'm not sure I want to do this. But if I've developed an intimacy with him, and I know his heart, and I know his desire for me, and I know he loves me more than anything else created in the universe, I can rest in his arms. Let's go. Let's go. You got me. You got me. That comes out of the secret place. We don't learn to dance by merely learning the history of dance and memorizing the steps. You don't learn, the, you don't learn to dance just by studying intellectually the history of dance and where the dance came from and how they were. Those may be good to know, but you're not going to learn to dance that way. We learn to dance by dancing. That's how we learn to dance. May not be pretty at first, but that's how we learn. We learn to dance by dancing. Dancing is not an intellectual exercise. It is an expression of my entire being. I don't learn to walk the Christian life by filling my brain with information, even biblical information. I learn to live the Christian life by walking out this life in relationship with him. And in the process of the walk, he teaches me. All the time I'm dancing, my prayer is, God, teach me to dance. I don't know how to dance. Teach me to dance. I don't know how to walk this, this life. I don't know how to walk through this world in relationship with you. But I'm going to walk and I'm going to trust you and I'm going to ask you to teach me as we go along. Don't be afraid to make a mistake. Don't be so afraid that you're going to make a mistake to not dance. you've ever been a shy, awkward teenage girl and you go to a school dance and the shy, awkward teenage boy sees you across the dance floor and he goes, and you go, see how many of you, every one of us been there. And we're so afraid of making a mistake that we don't get out there at all. And we miss the dance. Our leader is not there to hand out a grade of pass or fail. The one that takes us in his arms is not going to grade us with pass or fail. It's the stupidest step I ever saw. You're not following me. You're supposed to follow me. Quit trying to, trying to lead He's not going to follow. He's not going to dance. He's not going to take that posture with us. A good learner, excuse me, 
a good leader can take a mistake, weave it into the dance, and it look better than it did in what was intended. And that is all to his glory. He can take our mistakes. He can take our blunders. He can take the thing. He took, I mean, nobody made more mistakes than David. Has anybody had an affair with a neighbor and then had their husband killed? No? Okay, you're good then. And what they say about David? This guy's a man after God's own heart. Really? Well, if that's the criterion, I'm in pretty good shape. Don't be so afraid to make the mistake that you don't dance at all. A good leader can take a mistake, weave it into the dance to his glory. The Holy Spirit is a teacher, but he teaches by guiding, not by judging. Okay? The Holy Spirit is a teacher, but he teaches us by guiding us, not by judging us. He teaches us by saying, come on, I'm in this with you. Let me show you. Yeah, I know, that's all right. We'll, we'll, we can correct that. We'll fix that. Instead of being fearful of what can happen if you miss it, be excited about what can happen if you get it right. I mean, that, 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 that is noteworthy. Can I be more excited about, boy, I'm probably going to miss it. But you know what? I'm dancing. I'm dancing. I'm going for it. I'm going to develop this. I'm going to pursue him. I'm going to seek him. And I'm going to live my life as a dance, a responder, a follower to the leader of the universe. If I blow it, he is big enough. Somebody said the other day, The call that God has woven into your life. When God created the call that was woven into your life, he took into consideration your stupidity. That's liberating. He didn't say, I'm not going to call you because you're going to mess up. I'm not going to call you because you're going to blow it. I'm not going to call you. He took all that into consideration. And he still invites us to dance. And he stands on the dance floor and he looks us in the eye and says, I pick you. Let's dance. Let's dance. It's a dance as we hear these things about the secret place, as we learn some things about the secret place, always bear in mind that my heart is to see those incorporated into your life to facilitate the dance. It's not pass or fail. It's just enjoy the dance as you go through it. Amen? All right, we're going to start on it next week if everything goes right. Now, several weeks ago, I felt like the Lord told me to 
get everybody together in the meeting and pray that he would enlarge our heart and pray that he would enlarge us corporately. And I asked him, I said, well, Lord, how long do you want me to do that? He said, six weeks. Today's the sixth week. Okay? That doesn't mean we're never to do this again. It means I'm not to initiate it again. He told me to do it six weeks. He may tell you to do it from now on. That's okay. All right? Ask him, Lord, do you want me to take this up? I think it's been very beneficial. I think it's something that's important and valuable to us as a body to just get together, come up here and get together and pray. So ask the Lord, you want me to call for that from time to time? What do you want me to do about it? All right? Any questions about today, about the dance, before we get together and pray? Anybody? All right, here's a question I'm going to start asking you, all right? I'm going to have Randy, at the end of our meetings, stand at this door, and I'm going to have Tom stand at this door. And before you can leave, you have to tell them, what are you taking with them from this meeting? Okay? So let's save you the embarrassment. Do it now. All right? That's the thing I want to know. What are you going to take with you from this meeting? Is this just something you just chalk up? Tom's shaking his head. We might have to ask him first. What are you taking? All right?